and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Justin Zanuck, Utah Jazz General Manager. Justin, good morning. Morning, DJ. How are you? I am good. Get to the hard-hitting question first. Are you ready? <laughs> Whatever you got. Do you like it when PK calls you Jay-Z on the radio? I can't get away from it. I'm fine with it. It could be a lot worse, frankly. It could be a lot worse, but that's that's the name that seems to fall follow me around. <laughs> so I'm good with it. PK, you got the go-ahead. You can call him Jay-Z. Good, yeah, because I think, you know, that can help you. Just sounds, it makes you sound more hip as you get into free agent stuff. Uh, what is your initial impression of the bubble in terms of how it's working, and what do we expect going forward as far as safety? Not much of an issue? I don't think it's much of an issue at all, knock on wood. Um, the NBA is, has a long history of putting on very good events. This is unprecedented in terms of the length, uh, time in which they had to put it together. Um, I know, you know you've heard Adam multiple times and other spokespeople for the NBA talk about the health and safety of the players first and foremost, and they've lived that every day. Um, with the protocols that they've set up, I, you know, I personally, our players feel very, very safe here. Um, and it's allowed us to concentrate on getting back into the flow of things and, and really competing. But, um, it's, it's a great setup as, you know, given the circumstances in the country and the world for them to be able to pull this off and have basketball again, it's, it's a great accomplishment by the NBA and they deserve a ton of credit for it. When you use the word competing, obviously people start thinking about wins and losses, and they think about, well, how do you replace Bogdanovich? Playing 33 minutes, uh, shooting the ball really well, 15 shots a game, and we were debating several different guys who could help pick up the slack. I was curious when you look at Jordan Clarkson. He's playing 25 minutes a night. Does he have the body to play 30 or 35? I mean, obviously he couldn't in any one game, but over time, would he get worn down uh, given the bubble, looking at, you know, 15, 12 to 15 games to get through a, just the first round into the second round? Could he do it over that time period? What do you think? I think we're going to find out a lot about our team. I've kind of looked at it in four different phases. You know, you've got the ramp up of us, you know, initially getting here and being able to practice together for the first time in three, four months. That's one stage. Second stage is, you know, starts tonight with our first scrimmage. And we've got three games there. Um, to kind of get used to the environment, get used to rotations, get used to guys just playing together again in competition. And then third phase is those seeding games where we're basically playing every other day. I do believe we have a stretch towards the end where we play three and four, and then we have the playoffs. So to get to your question, I think it's going to be, you know, we're going to find out a lot about how guys can hold up. I do believe that they all showed up in very good shape. I think the altitude draining has been an advantage for us. And our coaching staff will be prepared to play any sorts to absorb those minutes, the, the shots with Boyan. And I think it'll be by a committee. But at the premise, yeah, I think Jordan can play any role that the team needs and he's willing to. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. That may not be what you see tonight or, you know, even in the next you know, five, six, seven games in be playing a lot of different guys to figure out what works and then what matchup we're going to have in the playoffs because that's when it's really going to, you know, really going to matter. So when I look at this team without Bogdanovich, I look at the guy who has been asked to do what he does 
with Bogdanovich and now without Bogdanovich, the guy who's capable of giving more because he'll be asked more, to me, I go right to Royce O'Neal, and I'm expecting him to come up big. Well, Royce is, you know, we've kind of said all year, whether privately or publicly, that we've had six starters. Um, And so now we have five. When you include, you know, Royce and then Jordan and, and everybody else. So I think you may see different lineups with different matchups. We're certainly not as big. We're a little smaller, but Royce has been able to play and guard multiple different positions. But yes, he's, he's going to have a, a load and he'll be one of the guys that takes some possessions from Boyan. Um, absence along with Jordan and Mike Conley and Don. It'll be a team. It'll be a team effort that way. And uh, Joe will have a big role too. So I'm excited to see it. And then we'll also have some development of some some of our younger players that have less experience. They'll be able to get some good reps and experience here during this whole time. Justin Zanuck, Utah Jazz general manager, joining us. Uh, Mike Conley obviously had the rough start. Uh, then he got hurt. But if you look at the game-by-game stats, those last 13 games or so really kind of stand out. His scoring was up, shooting percentage, the three-point shooting percentage was up over 40%. He's about 17 points a game. Do you project him to improve on some of those numbers even more, or do you think that was best-case Mike and you just need, after this four-month layoff, for him to get back where he was in those last dozen games or so? You know, Not to put any expectations on him, but he's a complete pro, as you guys know. Um, certainly it took a little bit of time uh, for his body and for his role on the team for him to figure it out. I think he figured that out well before the stoppage. And uh, he's continued his routine during during the quarantine and hiatus periods, and he's shown up in great shape and a great mindset. And I think, you know, he's – we've never internally worried about Mike Conley and what he brings to us um, on and off the court. So I'm excited for him. He's in he's in a good place, and frankly, it's almost like a second training camp. It's almost like the second year of his contract here, a little early, where he's had plenty of time to integrate and know, and doesn't have any physical issues as well. So I think all of that being put together, he's poised to to have a good run here. So. Scouting and evaluation for future, it never ends, right? And you're always going on. I'm wondering with Walt Perrin gone, how is that going along? Well, Walt, you know, certainly is a tremendous loss for us. Uh, We were very happy for him. Um, I think he'll be a great asset for the Knicks. And one of the best things that Walt has done uh, for us here, not only helped us pick good players and and have such a great – demeanor and and just a great co-worker and great colleague to work with he's done a great job of of mentoring and and helping along some of our younger guys and people in the front office and uh you know a little bit like boyan where it's going to be you know by committee that will replace you know his work and his uh his expertise but he's taught our young guys some great lessons and we've been working hard um towards the draft and obviously evaluating going into the off season, which will, will be shorter and will looks like we'll have a, a quicker restart next year from all reports. So uh, we've taken the time in the quarantine period and hiatus period to really grind on some film and, and uh, whether it be college or free agency. And, and as you said, you know, the evaluation never stops and 
how we do down here and taking the bulk of the season before and taking a look at that. But he'll be missed, but uh, we've got a bunch of guys that we, we work as a collective and we'll be okay for right now. But certainly I, I miss him every day when I, when I don't get to see him in the office. How much did you miss most of the conference tournaments, all of the NCAA tournament? How much does that hurt evaluations, and how much might it hurt next year if this coming college season is impacted? I don't think it, you know, look, my last game, as an aside, my last live in-person game was the final between San Diego State and Utah State. It was a great game. To, if I was going to miss a last college game, that was a great one to, to be at. But you know, most of the teams had played 25 to 30 games, so we had a bunch of film to evaluate. I think the the difficult part is going to be more what's coming is, you know, no summer league, no, you know, rookie training camp, you know, training camp in the off season's truncated. So, you know, I think we'll be able to have plenty of information as this goes on to make a good selection. And I think the tough thing is going to be for these players who haven't played since March and really haven't been in an NBA environment. The draft's going to be mid-October, and then at least right now, camp opens November 10th, you know, 25 days later, which normally is you've got a draft in late June and camp starting beginning of October. So you have three months, more than three months, to integrate rookies, and now that's going to be truncated. So what what kind of shape these guys come into because um, obviously we haven't been able to have contact other than interviews and you know evaluating them on film, but what kind of shape they come into, their mindset, and they're going to get thrown into the fire quick. So how they adjust will be important. When you're in management of anything, really, and it's pro sports probably no different than whatever, you end up taking on many hats, you know, counselor, psychologist, talent evaluator, uh, somewhat of a parent, all sorts of stuff. I'm wondering from a management perspective, has the management of the Jazz spent a lot of time or any time, much time, counseling Gobert and Mitchell? I mean, look, certainly, you know, since we work with them and, and they're our partners and helping, you know, build a competitive team, we've spent a lot of time, you know, preparing and from a team aspect of, uh, you know, and really being there to support each other. Uh, they've been great. Um, what happened happened, and they've been able to spend time together, and it's been seamless here. Um, it was seamless before when we were all together in Salt Lake. So, you know, as a front office role, it's really to support um, and help in whatever way we can. It's, it's a role of service in its idealistic part, whether that's the coaching staff, players, ownership, um, community, our fans, however we can help um, move the team forward and together. So no more than normal uh, as far as whatever we do and, and continue to do down here or, or back in Salt Lake. Um, we've got a, a, a good group of people and high character guys that are talented first and foremost and two like to play together. And uh, all the guys here are just really excited to be together again. You know, they, they miss each other after being away for three months. I'm sure you can't definitively answer this question. I'd be shocked if you could. And yet any hint that you could give people, I think they'd appreciate. But you mentioned the fans. How far away are we? What has to happen before fans get to go to NBA games again? Because certainly there's some fans here who love doing that. Sure. I wish I could be definitive about it. Uh, But, you know, as Adam has said, and and the rest of the league will follow 
public guidance and and uh, their ability to tell us what's going to happen and try to help with 20 and 21. And obviously, as soon as we know, I know our players are dying to play in front of, in front of our great fan base, and uh, we're hoping that that can happen. Um, I, but we just we don't have any timeline uh, of what that looks like. A lot of that's probably going to be public health. And, uh, you know, what we are excited about right now is that we can get back on the floor and that even though it's from a little farther away here in Orlando, that our fans are going to be able to see our guys play starting tonight at 6 o'clock Mountain. So. Yeah, with no uh, home or away when we get to the postseason, how much do you think seeding is going to matter relative to where it used to be? Uh, the number is not going to matter. I mean, it's going to be the matchups and what those are projected, and we'll see how those shake out. Obviously, every team's got to get back going and, and playing together and, and be in a good place. Obviously, you're hoping that you peak uh, come playoff time and that you're in a good place, and then we'll play who we got to play. Um, so it'll be. I think it'll be really interesting looking at different teams, how they manage these scrimmage games and the seeding games, uh, whether it's targeted. But for us, we just want to concentrate on being able to be at a place where we're playing very well together and we know what we want to do and we're connected and, most importantly, healthy, uh, which so far has been the case. Well, Justin, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on. Love to talk to you again in the future. And uh, we'll be watching the games and the scrimmages, yeah. but then the games. Anytime. Miss you guys. Yeah. <laughs> See you later, Jay-Z. <laughs> Justin Zanuck, Utah Jazz GM, joining us.